Kamala, there's something different in your genes. Are they Levi's? Oh. Like, like a mutation. <gasps> hey! Oh! Hey! Let's go! Oh my god! Let's go! Whoa! Whoa! People Let's are gonna have opinions go. about this. This is a pretty big retcon. Bro, the 90s cartoon. More of the 90s cartoon in the MCU, please. More of that. I love the music. <laughs> I love using the music. That's what they got a soundboard. Every time we hear the word mutant or new character, you know, Kevin Feige's back there like, play the music, play the music. <laughs> hey, it works. It works it for going. me. Love it. Is that not normal? <laughs> what? What just happened? Oh. Hey. Oh. Wait, did she? What? Turn into her or N no? I don't know. No, okay, so that's not Kamala. She wouldn't look around a room like yeah. that. Yeah, what is what is this? Oh, no, no. <laughs> that is. I, I mean, that her. is much better than I expected. I that is so cool. It looks like they swap places, but they didn't meet. I think that's yeah. really cool the way they did it. I mean. What an what an interesting way to end the series. I, right? I, I I'm so pleasantly surprised by this. I, I, I thought it. I was gonna be like, okay, she's recruiting her now. This is like this poses so many more questions this way. Hell like, yeah, man! I'm why all do they about swap it. places? What is their connection? I assume it'll be answered in the Marvels. And where the hell did she go? <laughs> this series overall, I, I think they stuck the landing, so, but yeah. le leaves us with so many questions. So as many. always, welcome back to New Rockstars. Ms. Marvel did it. They finally said the thing yes. in Biggin, right? No, not no. in Biggin, but they did in Biggin. <laughs> Captain Marvel's cameo, well, very interesting, but I'm not referring to that either. Yes, the big M word, mutation. Yep, that's it. Retcon alert, Kamala <laughs> Khan in the MCU is a mutant, the first character in the 616 MCU to be identified as such, but when it comes to that post-credit scene, what, what is going, is going con? Con? <laughs> This is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's official after show for Ms. Marvel. We're breaking down the finale today. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of this episode is gonna come tomorrow, but right now discussing this episode's many questions with me is MT. <laughs> Is there a mutant? <laughs> Is there a mutant? <laughs> yes. Uh, but my God, dude, I'm so freaking excited to see more mutant integration into the MCU. It's about damn time. Let's go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think they should have said mutant like years ago. But now that they finally have, I think it's I think it's great. This just means many more great things are ahead. But yeah, uh, many of us are having some whiplash. Like, wait, what does this mean for the Inhumans? <laughs> what does this mean for Kamala Khan? What does this mean for the Marvels? What does mm. this mean for mutant kind in general? We're going to talk about all that this episode. Hell yeah. Uh, but let's recap exactly what happened. Mm. The episode begins with Kamala confessing to her family that she is the light girl, the night light, but of course they already <laughs> knew. I, I like this. Uh, in the comics, I believe it goes down the same way. Like the family is already aware of it. I think that's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> Muniba gives Kamala her new suit that uh, incorporates the various elements from uh, the different parts of her community. I thought right. it was a sweet moment. It's, really it's in the milk toffees box that I thought was really nice. Like everything great from this family just comes from a box <laughs> milk of milk toffees. toffees. Box. Isn't that sweet? Um, I, I, I makes me wonder. Like, wait, did uh, Muniba know that the blue part of the, uh, the the textile comes from Walid, and she understand the significance of the red dagger sash? Mm. 
No time. Yeah, no time to discuss. It's just here. <laughs> She's just a really good designer. Um, so Bruno and Kamran are fleeing the DODC. And on this subway at the beginning, Kamran's like holding his stomach. And we're like, wait, what's going on? Did he get shot in the stomach or something like that? Did Bruno stab him? What's going on? <laughs> Is he pregnant? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we find out that uh, he had like this this energy that was given to him by Najma is causing him to feel like he's being crumbled from the inside, which is just like such a horrifying thing for him to describe. It's so terrifying. Uh, like leaves, leaves us with so many questions about what the Nor light is, and, right. and like. But at least I like that it wasn't just something that was an immediate power up. It was more of a burden and a curse on him. Mm. That uh, that he needed to be able to understand before he could just immediately start blowing stuff up with without consequence. <laughs> so they go first to the mosque where that sheik gives them the classic MCU disguise of ball caps. I mm. love that. Right? Like here, <laughs> perfect. You're good to go. They have half of a disguise. Just need the sunglasses. They're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> the kids all meet at the school uh, where they get barricaded in by Agent Deaver's DODC forces, and mm. all the kids are there. We got Kamala, we got Bruno and Kamran, and they're joined by Nakia, Zoe. Zoe and Amir. Zoe has this line. I'm like, I was just in the theater. They have the best lighting for my. <laughs> like, this is just what, what kind I of do. theater stage lights is the best light for like uh, for TikTok? TikTok? I mean, those are pretty. <laughs> they must have a pretty well calibrated stage lighting to have it be perfectly balanced. Because I mean, if I th- if I'm thinking TikTok, I'm thinking of a ring light that's right. nice up and close. Look, this is just YouTuber talk right now. I'm, I'm thinking like the stage lights I had in my high school theater were had to be like rented and brought in and strung up on tree lights, and they were not there for our rehearsals we only had them rented for like 48 hours of right. the show and they always like there's some kid on the light board like i don't know what i'm doing just like intimidating thing sometimes they <laughs> <laughs> ah, spilled my oj on it oh, no. <laughs> <This is> a- <laughs> the drama teacher's just like matt what are you doing and he's like i don't know I'm just trying to get tech hours so I can get my IB diploma. Ah! This was me for one of the productions. I, I, I'm speaking for I the past. I ruined so many plays. Yep. Um, anyway, they, they come up with this real scrappy plan of wearing matching hoodies and using fire extinguishers, using that was really fun. Uh, a completely unnecessary skeleton holding a knife uh, that pops a balloon. That causes chemistry lab foam. I get like the chemistry lab foam and like a delaying it so that it would like, you know, pop or whatever. But couldn't you just like put it on like uh, a, a pull string or something right. like that? Or a tripwire <laughs> that it causes string? Or you just like pour it in there and run? Like the fact that they had to have skeleton pop the balloon. It's more fun to see. They this, had a lot this of Home Alone time in that school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of extra steps. We'll just say that. Uh, but hey, it was fun to watch. Uh, the regular kids get caught. Kamran and Kamala are, are stuck inside, but they're fighting using their Norlite. And Kamran realizes that his mother died and turns violent. Oh, we got a little thing I don't want to overlook. This Ooh. moment with Nakia and Zoe. And Zoe says, well, just, you know, you can tell people on your own time. And uh, we don't go further than that. But I like that. I, I wish that they just came out and said what her uh, romantic affections are for right. Nakia. Because in the comics, they have, like, Zoe totally crushes on Nakia. Major. Um, but, like, here they just kind of, like, again, just kind of, like, hinted at it. But, like, who knows if we're going to get a second season of Ms. Marvel. Like, now's the time to just say, like, hey, can I get your digits, girl? Like, right. go ahead and have her hit on her openly. What's wrong with that? What hey. is wrong with that? We need to just, like, show people for who they are rather than have them, like, dance around it. Right. I mean, I feel like it's coming in time. Like, I, I do like, because, like, they don't really know each other that much. 
So like it would be like I feel like it I want to see them grow as friends first before they like go into a relationship. Okay. But like fair, no, fair I, enough. No, I, just I do don't know when we're gonna see that though. No, exactly. I do wish that there was something there because like I, I like that little hint, but like it's not enough because I, I want to see more. Yeah. Uh, but Cameron realizes his mother died. He turns violent. Uh, Kamala has to try to restrain him. And then outside, Deeper's agents are firing on them. Kamala embiggens. She even says the word embiggen, like willing herself to embiggen. And I love that she uses the word embiggen. But then she like stretches her body out. I was hoping she'd go full Ant-Man here. Mm. I was hoping like a, a nice like 25 foot tall Kamala like living <laughs> over some parks. That's what I wanted. Instead, it was just kind of this weird thing where like Imad Vladi's body was just kind of stretched out by like an extra <laughs> foot on each of her limbs. Uh, and we didn't really get to see it uh, that much. Like we saw right. a shot of her jumping. We saw a shot of her reflected in a car window. And then we had her shown for like maybe two seconds at a time. And then we cut away. We never got this big hero moment of her actually stretching out. Like all we really saw was what we had seen before, which are like her hands grabbing things, right. which are all things that like we saw in trailer footage. We saw elsewhere like. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Like, it didn't blow my mind, personally. I'm glad that they went there. Um, right. I just hope that they do more of it. It's. I, I felt like the strain of the VFX budget. I'll mm. say that. Yeah, at times during these Disney Plus shows, you can definitely see, like, all right, oh, I thought I was watching a Marvel movie, but, like, this is definitely still a TV show. Like, they do have their restraints there. I mean, I would have preferred, had you spent, like, maybe half of the amount of money they spent on uh, showing Cameron's weird terraformation, mm. and just, like, if you could just shift all that budget into more embiggening uh, shots, <laughs> it would have been more fun. Um, but that's, I'm not really sure exactly what he's doing. It seems like just kind of like chaotic explosion. Mm. He's just mad. Did it seem like he was terraforming the earth with, with Nor light to turn it into the Nor dimension? Or was it just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I, the light I, board guy. I, don't I, I just feel like his powers are just going out of control personally. And like, yeah. his, it, like it's this life energy that's in him is just growing out of him like vines. And so it's just like, all right, we're mm. just growing from the source of this, like, that's tree, if you will, like this this human living being and it's like spreading out. And so, yeah. I like that Kamala encased them both in this dome, which, mm. which reminded me of the Terrigen cocoon in a lot right, of ways. Right, right, right. Um, and like, I liked how within that cocoon, you see like his teal and gold covered nor fading away and her purple color kind of overtaking it. Um, what I want to know is she uses her big hand to just punch a hole in the concrete and he's like, okay, bye. I'm like, Wait, did he Where punch? A, I assume he punched a hole into the sewer. Does he know how to navigate the sewers of Jersey City <laughs> to get to the shoreline? Does he know where he's going? Did he punch a hole? Like, how deep did that hole go? Where did the earth go? I mean, you know, at the very least, Tiamat on the other side of the earth felt a little pinch. Like, like what? <laughs> What's going on? A logical over there? pinch. Like, what is going on? And why is no one talking about me? I'm here. I'm here. We got. We went to Pakistan. We went. We weren't that far. We were maybe a thousand miles away from me. Right. We could. The flames might have visit? gone over me. We could have had Kamala peek out the window and see a giant me just kind of floating in the Indian Ocean. No, but no. I don't think the flight path would go over uh, that way. Um, right. anyway, I would. I, I would have loved to see a Tiamat like gra graffiti somewhere in, like Pakistan or yes. something. Like it would have been great. Or just a, a booth at AvengerCon of people oh. talking about this. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> a ski resort on Tiamat. Get your <laughs> get your tickets here. Uh, so um, the community surrounds Kamala, and Cleary calls off Deaver. 
Yusuf tells Kamala that in Urdu, Kamal means wonderful or marvel, making hey. her their little Miss Marvel. Uh, and then a week later, Bruno, the guy is headed to Caltech. He tells Kamala that he studied her gene profile and realized that there was something different about her genes compared to her family and uses the word mutation. We all lose our minds as we hear the 90s X-Men theme. But Kamala shrugs it off with just another label. <laughs> Good luck, Kamala, because people on Twitter have opinions about this. Uh, and then we move on to a post-credit scene where Kamala's bangle glows a new color and her body suddenly scrambles into this ribbon and it makes her, uh, it seems like at first, transform into Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was wearing an altered version of her suit and Carol says, oh, no, 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 and runs out of the room. And the credits confirm that Ms. Marvel will return in the Marvels, the end of the season. Hey. A, a bit of applause. I think overall, I really, really like this show. Yes. It, uh, it lost me a little bit in some moments. But mm. overall, this ending just throws a lot at us. And uh, I'm happy that we went on this journey. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it better, I think, than, than most of the uh, Marvel Disney Plus shows. Does not. Does not overtake Loki for me or WandaVision. Those to me, number <laughs> one, are, number two. Those are peak. I love the, them. I really love those. But no, this was really great. And like, it's a, it's a super nice, like wholesome show about family. Like this, this is all about yeah. family. And um, I just really enjoyed meeting like Kamala's friends and family and then Kamala herself. It's just like that corner of the universe, like feels like, a little, like feels like home a little bit. Cause like, this is like one of the first families that are together in the MCU and not broken. I don't know. This is like, we're seeing a real hero family. So like, I, I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss like my little Pakistani yeah. bobs and dads and Amir, my big brother of the year. It's going to be, I'm going to miss them. Agreed. This was so wholesome. And, uh, and I hope we get to revisit this community at some point um, because it was delightful just to explore Jersey mm. city uh, and the members of, uh, of Kamala's community. So many interesting characters. It yes. really did feel like a small town vibe. And that's how you know you have a good show is when you feel like you're actually living in a neighborhood for six weeks or however long it is. Now, we're going to talk about Kamala's mutant retcon this episode. Uh, yes. But we're going to start with what just happened in this scene with Captain Marvel. Because, yeah, I think that in some ways is more confusing and more interesting as we look ahead. Yeah. Um, but be sure to head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com so you don't miss out on your chance to grab our Ms. Marvel latest obsession shirt, Cosmic Daydream. They're almost gone, along with the ability to unlock a custom shout-out to appear right here on Inside Marvel. So Frank says, ALP, you are the beauty in my pieces. Thank you, my superhero. That's so sweet, Ooh. Frank. That's so nice of you to say. ALP, you're a lucky person. Jessica says, we love Ms. Marvel, the history and authenticity. Agreed, Jessica, we're with you. And then Caitlin asks, what if the blue arm with a bangle is actually Atlantean? Mm. Maybe Namor has the other bangle. Caitlin, I like where your mind is going. Yes. Uh, that'd be very interesting. Um, yeah, especially since it seems like a lot of Atlanteans in the MCU are going to, ble going to be blue colored. It would just like... I guess the question is like, does it make more sense for the Ten Rings to be connected to Atlantis or to the Kree? I can make arguments mm. for either, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's so much we don't know about the Atlanteans, but I uh, we'll have to revisit that theory after Black Panther Wakanda Forever stuff comes out. No, for sure. Like I, I, I've definitely, ever since we saw those pictures of Batuma, I was like, oh, we got another blue person that's not Kree. So uh, yeah, it's yep. definitely a possibility for sure. Good thinking, Caitlin. Good thinking, Caitlin. All right, MT, what's our first question after the Ms. Marvel finale? All right, homie. First question of the day is, did Kamala Khan transform into Carol Danvers or did they just swap places? Yeah. Uh, so Kamala appearing to transform into Carol Danvers, I think was at least on the surface done to pay homage to the comics when Kamala first leaves that Terrigen cocoon. Right. Her wish fulfillment causes her to initially take the form of Carol Danvers. 
And it seems like they even pay tribute to that with Carol's new look. Like rather than the red gauntlet length gloves, her forearms are bare and she wears uh, like these darker fingerless gloves, which looks more like the Kamala Khan version of Carol Danvers in the com in the comics, who like just looks like she's growing out of her suit. Like she's just like awkwardly fitting these clothes that just like don't really fit her that well. And it's meant to be kind of like an awkward intermediary step to a final form. Right. Um, but I, I think we should look more at Carol's specific Captain Marvel suit design here because unlike other, uh, it looks unlike any of her past ones. It's actually closest to her look from the end of the 2019 Captain Marvel, which is set back in the 90s. Uh, but mm. when Carol returned in that post credit scene, which is right after the snap in the modern era, she definitely had a new suit with more gold trimming on it. The end game opening sequence uh, also was different than the five years later when she returned uh, via Holochat with the shorter haircut. She had like a new look. That was a look she had during the final battle of Endgame. Uh, all of these were very different suits in this one. Uh, in those, they were like blue on top and then red around the midsection around the legs. But now it's more like just a bit of red at top and mostly blue, like even blue boots. Uh, mm. A completely new look for Carol Danvers, which is just interesting. So I think Kamala did not turn into uh, 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 Carol Danvers, right. uh, like a doppelganger of Carol <laughs> Danvers. Uh, if so, I don't think she'd be, if it was still Kamala's mind in right. there, I don't think she'd be as concerned with the posters around the room. Yeah, no. um, Because that's her posters. I think mm -hmm. she would have, uh, we would have gotten a shot of her looking in the mirror at her new form and being like, oh my God, what happened to me? Um, <laughs> like, I don't think uh, she'd, be as confused about her surroundings. Right. Um, I think really what happened is Kamala and Carol swapped places. Mm. Um, now, I don't have a good explanation for why. I'm going to do my <laughs> best. Uh, I think this is actually Carol Danvers here in this mm. Jersey City bedroom. Um, yeah. That's why she's not like surprised by her body. She's just kind of surprised by her surroundings. She's weirded out that she's suddenly in a kid's bedroom, a kid that worships her and has posters of her. I think that <laughs> freaks her out. Um, that was probably her first experience with a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She's like, someone actually knows and cares who I am. Oh, I'm my barely God. here. Why, like, why do they have all these pictures of me? <laughs> I can't handle this. Uh, and uh, and before this, we started rolling, MT, you pointed out, and I think it may be right, that this scene even totally feels a little different. That this might have been shot by the right. director of the Marvels, I believe it's Nia DaCosta. Like, yeah. it just kind of feels like a completely different energy. Yeah, scene. it just it felt like it was filmed differently. I don't know how to explain it. Like different cameras, like it just had a whole different vibe. Like sort of how like um, when we had that uh, Civil War post credit scene at the end of um, Ant Man, I believe, where um, like with mm -hmm. um, when Bucky had his thing in the when Bucky had his arm in that thing, and like they were talking about seeing Ant Man. I just felt like it was mm -hmm. just filmed differently. So like I don't know. That maybe that's just me. I mean, we see this a lot. Um, like I believe in Phase Three, a lot of directors for the next film would direct the post credit scene right. of the movie that came before. Um, so and you know there was that vibe for the WandaVision post credit scene where people were saying like the camera movement reminded us of mm. the Sam Raimi camera movement. <laughs> I don't know if Sam Raimi actually shot it. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if a second unit directing team did it. But uh, it seems like what they're going for is the vibe of where we're next going to see right, them. Right. Uh, and to me, what was most different about this was the production design of the way this transference happened right. like it did not it wasn't like a glow of light the way it often is in the mcu like that's that's my gripe with the production design is like oh just another glow of light oh this one's a different color what does this color <laughs> mean like like i'm getting a little tired of that i want to see something different happen uh like with spider-man no way home they use like sparkle portals which made sense with like the doctor strangeness of it but like there's so many other ways to show how universes are colliding how teleportation happens other than just like the glow of a portal mm. uh and so this one looked like a weird almost like 
uh, teleportation to where her body was twisted into ribbon. Right. Uh, and it just that. looked really cool. Like it, it was like this mysterious thing that had me asking so many more questions rather than making assumptions. And I think that's what you want to do when you when you introduce new things. For sure. So let's ask why they swap places and how this happened, if that mm. is the assumption, if that is the correct assumption. Well, the episode indicated to us that Kamala in the MCU, in the 616 MCU, is considered a mutant. Ooh. The Nor Light was inherited from her great-grandmother, uh, her great-grandmother, Aisha uh, Clandestine, from another dimension. Mm. But the reason the bangle activated her, apparently, was that Kamala had a genetic anomaly, the mutant gene. Which, unlike other genetic features like being an inhuman, uh, the the X gene, the mutant gene, springs up randomly in certain individuals. It's considered a dormant thing that's just kind of randomly spread throughout the population, and certain things can activate it. Right. Uh, most of the time, it's just puberty, the natural uh, uh, maturation cycle. Uh, but sometimes it's like other things that can activate it. And it seems like in this case, the bangle might have activated it. Mm. Um, but that bangle itself remains a mystery. Its origins are definitely connected to the Ten Rings. And at, uh, as of now, I still believe it is more connected to Cree tech, mm. especially since Carol Danvers now is connected to it. I think this is, right. um, it might even be something empowered or linked to the Space Stone. And I think that is the other part of this equation, because we have to remember that Carol Danvers' cosmic radiation came from the Space Stone, came from the right. Tesseract. And the Space Stone specifically allows for manipulation of space, the opening of wormholes, this, the movement at the speed of light, and teleportation. Right. And we know that the Bengal, for its part, can open rifts through space-time. Right. I think uh, a lot of people are asking if this <clears throat> is the Kree, uh, the Captain Marvel Negavans, which mm. open, uh, open gates to the, the negative zone. I don't know if they're ever going to call it that, but I think mm. it's helpful to at least look at it as a uh, as an analog to that right. uh, from the comics. Um, and the Negabands are something that is linked to the Kree Supreme Intelligence. It allows uh, access to the uh, to the negative zone. And I think it's interesting to remember that every time, not every time, but often when characters teleport in the Marvel comics, they're not just like moving from place to place. They're actually traveling through some other realm or dimension, like mm. uh, even Nightcrawler. When Nightcrawler teleports, he's actually going through another dimension right. uh, to go from point to point within our dimension. Uh, and that may be what this technology is. It may allow through teleportation by, uh, by crossing through some other dimension, that other dimension might be the negative zone. I think that's uh, a new realm that I'm very excited to see, uh, especially right. as we go more into this cosmic direction with the Kree and the Fantastic Four. Um, I hope Dr. Doom is coming into the MCU soon yes. and then they'll start to codify these terms a bit more. That's just where my head is at right now. Of course, it's going to explain further in the Marvels, but it seems like Kamala's Kree tech is what created some kind of spatial entanglement through mm. this Kree cosmic powered Captain Marvel. Uh, and that link created a this humorously chaotic handcuff gag. I think that's what I think they're setting up what I think is gonna be a really fun thing in the Marvels where these two are linked through this tech and they're constantly chaotically switching places, putting Kamala in a place that she does not want to be and putting Carol in a place where she does not want to be yes. at any given moment. I uh, and um, I, at the end of the day, I still think the Ten Rings are summoning the Kree to Earth. I think that they're going to say that the Ten Rings are Kree tech as well. And that the Kree will be chasing down the other bangle. Now the question right. is, is where is the other bangle? You right. could say it's with Dane Whitman. Uh, that's among the collections of his uncle Nathan in, in the UK. Maybe it's in a museum somewhere. Maybe it's with the Kree currently. Maybe Captain Marvel has the other one. Uh, mm. But she's not wearing the other bangle when she zips into the, the, the Jersey City bedroom there. Um, yeah. So 
it, it wouldn't be just because she's wearing the other bangle. That's why they swap places. Um, I just think like, you know, I could be wrong. If they are turning Kamala into Carol, I just think it'd be weird to have the central gag of the Marvels be, hey, let's take him on Volani off screen for as much as movie as possible so that Brie Larson can get double screen time. I don't <laughs> think that's the case. I think they're swapping places. Yeah. I guess the question is, if Carol is now here in Jersey City, where did Kamala go? Right. What do you think, MT? I, I honestly think that, you know, there's a good chance that Carol Danvers was handling the the second bangle. And like she picked it up and then they, there was a weird energetic reaction mm. between her own um, energetic singularities versus Kamala's. And so that's why she's looking at her hand like, yo, what's going on? And like, they just switch swap spots. And uh, Kamala probably went to that second bangle. It's like, all right, uh, Carol had it. She touched it. We just did a weird switcheroo, just like uh, the original Captain Marvel and Rick Jones, like with the Negabands. Like that was their mm-hmm. whole thing for a while, mm-hmm. their whole uh, um, like little gimmick i wouldn't say gimmick but like their whole special thing is that they would switch places sometimes and like switch positions in like space so i really love that they're going for this angle like a similar type of angle for the marvels uh because like i do like like you said like i do like this i I like a good handcuff situation it's like now i'm handcuffed with a super fan who loves me and this is gonna be really awkward and like i also have to team up with this little girl who uh, resents me for leaving her and like it's gonna be a really fun time (laughs) Like, I really love it. It's going to be fun. I, uh, yeah, I like that, like, unlike other uh, post credit stingers that just kind of, like, introduce characters to each other and right. give us a hint at production design, this actually gives us a sense of the plot of the Marvels, which right. I, I really, really appreciate. Like, it gives us a sense of what their actual relationship is and the, mm. the comedic tone of this movie, which right. is not what I expected at all. Um, I like that they did something really different with uh, the way that teleportation looks. I think that's fun. And I and I hope the MCU does more of that. Like gives us different, makes different design choices for how mm. characters' power sets work uh, and how they are awkward and uncomfortable and burdensome. Uh, that's what's most fun about it. If anything, I would have loved like more of a goofy sound effect with that. Like a whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> no, don't listen to me. That would have been that would wacky. Be <laughs> I would love it. But that. something, I mean, just do it. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think uh, uh, you brought up an awesome theory there, MT, that maybe uh, Carol was trying to hunt down or track down. Like she was in some kind of like Indiana Jones moment where she's tracking down or trying to steal or heist the yeah. other one from uh, some Cree deep storage. Uh, like I hope that Kamala now wakes up and finds herself on some like, I don't know, some Cree uh, space station somewhere mm. or some Cree deep vault in Hala. And right. she's just like, completely thrown uh the fact that she would be holding the other one that would mean like carol's like really stuck there but carol of course can just like you know use her she can travel around pretty quickly she was able to save tony stark within like an hour it seemed like so she can blast back to Hala, uh and then but like she's gonna be in the middle of some crisis which i just i just love that idea right we don't need to go through these steps of the characters meeting each other uh kamala already has this weird parasocial relationship with carol It, it it we get to explore like this in the in a very interesting way. Um, I think what I have more questions about are like, look, I don't have a problem with, uh, with Kamala being a mutant. Uh, You know, I'm not too sacred about that. It just seems like there are a lot of things she is on this show. Mm. Like she's also a clandestine. (laughs) Like she's (laughs) also got Kree tech. Like the fact that her, I'm not exactly sure where her powers come from is it's obviously not all from the mutant gene uh, because it must also come from the bangle. Um, a lot of people were asking, did she need the bangle at all? I think to be this version of the character, she did. 
Um, but it's just like, it leaves us a little fuzzy on what exactly her power set is. Right. I, I, I think that like, I mean, me personally, I think that the bangles brought out her inner power that she always had. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it's going to take like the X gene or even the Terrigen mist to activate a specific mutation within her blood. And like, again, like, you know, they, they did play the X-Men music and like, you know, it's very much implied that she is an X-Men type of mutant, but like he said mutation and like mutation is mutation. And, and Professor Xavier is the like master of all mutations. And I feel like that also includes the inhuman mutation. So like, I don't think that Kamala mm. um, being an inhuman is completely out of the running quite yet. I think that now that uh, Fo- uh, Disney owns the rights to the Fox X-Men, I think that now they have the opportunity to marry the concept of inhumans with the X-Men. It's like, hey, the humans are cousins to the X-Men because the Kree came down. They saw some really interesting X-genes in our blood that, that um, like promised that we were capable of more. And they probably just locked down that X-gene specifically until there was a Terrigen Mist, um, uh, what's it called, trigger for it to come in. So like, I, I feel like uh, the Kree saw the X-gene and they were like, all right, let's just, uh, let's make this our own. Let's make this our own little uh, fun thing. And like we're gonna find out in the Marvels and moving forward that like it's all the same thing. It's just another label. That's I feel like that's the significance of that line. It's like Inhumans, mutants, tomato, tomato. We all have superpowers. Who cares? Um, so I feel like that's what's coming. Yeah, I think um, uh, that's an interesting uh, interpretation. Mt. I think the uh, the just another label line was uh, just a little too cute by half because we mm. don't really have a context. Like if it is just another label. They then why say mutation include the X-Men music? Right. Like it seems like Marvel wants us to think of X-Men in that moment. They want us to think of mutants. They want us to get hyped and excited that more mutants are coming. Right. Like, I don't think uh this erases inhumans existing in the MCU. At least I yeah. hope not. Like we saw Black Bolt in, yeah. in Multiverse of Madness, and I hope that there is inhumans in Black Bolt in 616 as well. I, I'm gonna be disappointed if there isn't. Um, but uh, I think in this moment you just have to be careful, like explaining what this means. Uh, I hope we get those answers at like Comic-Con and D23. Um, right. But um, I think this is like an example of uh, Marvel saying, hey, don't worry about the label. But if you're telling us don't worry about the label, don't say the word mutation <laughs> because you know what fans are going to do when you say the word mutant or mutation. Um, let's actually talk about this more uh, because I think that is like the deeper question a lot of fans are debating about. But first we have some people we want to thank for helping us make this episode, starting with our friends at Brooklyn. And thank you to Brooklyn for sponsoring this episode of Inside Marvel. Summer is officially upon us and temperatures are rising. Luckily for us, Brooklyn is here to help you keep you cool and living in comfort at home and on the go with their best-selling bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Brooklyn gives its customers hotel-level home essentials. They offer everything from snuggly sheets to cozy towels and robes, loungewear, etc and much more. By working directly with the suppliers, Brooklyn and cuts out the luxury markups and passes those savings back to their customers so you can get their incredible products at a reasonable cost. And Brooklyn and launches new products, colors, and patterns all the time for their sheets, towels, and robes. They even have some limited edition collections that sell out fast. Make your entire bed feel like the cool side of the pillow with Brooklyn and signature crisp, breathable, classic percaled sheets and replace your heavy winter bedding with their lightweight comforters for the ultimate breezy light as the cloud feels. 
feel. The smooth, long, stable cotton will keep you feeling cool all night. And if you're not sure where to start, you can shop with ease thanks to Brooklinen's online quiz. Whether you're looking for the perfect set of cooling sheets, lightweight towels, or breathable loungewear, their quiz is the best place to find a curated list of high-quality products perfectly suited to your unique preferences. So head on over to Brooklinen today to keep you cool at home and on the go all summer long. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code INSIDEMARVEL to get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more and free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code Inside Marvel for $20 off and free shipping. We also want to thank Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode of Inside Marvel. I sleep on a Helix mattress and it's just what I need after a night of staying up late to watch that Ms. Marvel finale. As soon as it drops, Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you are getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. Everybody is unique and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent that morning ache and pain. And even a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. Just go to helixsleep.com slash inside marvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel. And thank you to Raycon for sponsoring this episode. When I am not dissecting content down to every single frame and hidden detail, I like to listen to podcasts, and I love listening to those podcasts on Raycons. Raycons everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. Their earbuds are super comfortable and fit better than homemade Hulk costume your mom made you last minute. A costume that you should say thank you to her for because she spent a lot of time on it. Raycons offer three sound profiles to match what you're listening to, plus noise isolation and awareness mode so that you can choose to be immersed in sound or be able to hear your surroundings when you need to. I really like using them around the house, like when I'm making dinner or doing chores. They're super secure and they sound great. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. You can even do wireless charging. With Raycons, you get the same quality audio as other premium audio brands, but at half the price. It's no wonder Raycons Everyday Earbuds have over 49,000 five-star reviews. Go to buyraycon.com slash inside Marvel today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash inside Marvel to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash inside Marvel. All right, Eric. Is Kamala Khan a mutant? And what does this mean for mutants and inhumans in the MCU, my brother? Yeah, I think the implication of this exchange is that the MCU is deciding to make Kamala Khan a mutant in the 616 reality, not mm. an inhuman like she is in the comics. And yes, mm. this is a retcon. Kamala Khan is an inhuman in the comics. Uh, she was enveloped by Terrigen Mist. She entered a Terrigen um, cocoon. There was uh, all this mist, a result of a Terrigen bomb that was detonated by Black Bolt when he was fighting Thanos. Like... Mm. And I will say, uh, this show seemed to be pterogenophobic. They worked so hard <laughs> to not say Terrigen and not say inhuman. Like, they were, like, afraid to go down that path. And yeah. I think that was weird at the end of the day. Like, it would have been simpler. I think they were afraid of, like, well, people aren't going to get the cocoon. They're not going to get the mist. I'm like, I think they're going to get that more than what you did, ultimately. Because they, they threw, like, everything against the wall. Like, from uh, alien tech that they never explained to a clandestine dimension that they barely explained to now the most uh, associated trigger word <laughs> among Marvel fans. Um, now, I think uh, it's it's going to frustrate quite a few comics readers who are really attached to the idea of Kamala being in, inhuman. Uh, mm. Let's remind ourselves exactly of what the Inhumans comics history were. Um, the Inhumans, like many things in Marvel Comics, originated during like the Stanley Jack Kirby era and the 60s comics. Um, 
But the uh, coming out of that decade, the Inhumans were not like hugely popular. I think mm. they were known. Like I, uh, uh, Silver Surfer was identified as a, as an Inhuman slash mutant. Um, mm. But it's like they were just like another one of these uh, things in the Marvel world. Uh, and they were around in the 60s to the 70s. They were kind of backburnered in the 80s and 90s. But there was like a, a really good like uh, I, I have not read it, but it did win some awards. Uh, an Inhuman uh, comic run at the end of the 90s. And then they came back in the next decade uh, with like Black Bolt being part of the the Illuminati. And then in the decade that followed, I think this is when they really got the spotlight because uh, the head of the other division of Marvel, separate from Kevin Feige, this guy named Ike Perlmutter, not the best human being in the world, but he kind of yes, issued yeah. this weird edict that said, we will not do any more X-Men or even any Fantastic Four comics we're just going to focus on Inhumans so that we will completely own this Inhumans uh, storyline and we'll be able to adapt it into movies and TV shows and we won't have to do hum uh, we won't have to do mutant storylines uh, because of course Fox owned the mutants in the Fantastic Four. So this was kind right. of like at least commercially from the business side seen as like a workaround. Um and look, a lot of fans dug dug digged enjoyed the Inhuman stuff. And uh, Inhumans came about on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and in the ABC series. And, like, I really love the character of Quake in, in right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I think a lot of uh, readers, uh, especially with Kamala Khan, Kamala Khan is an Inhuman, like, elevated the profile of Inhumans. And since then, the fact that, like, Marvel Studios has been on the fence of how much they're going to fold in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and, and, like, address it and, and bring mm. it back in... Uh, I think a lot of fans of those shows and of those comics feel like they're being erased. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I completely understand why you feel that way. I know why people are yelling at me on Twitter right now. And look, I understand Twitter is a place for you to vent your frustration. So vent away. Be nice. Um, uh, if, if, if you need to use me as a sounding board, I understand. Um, let's just try to be civil out there. Seriously, um, be civil. Uh, but I think, don't need to be mean. I love the character of Black Bolt. He is one of my favorite Marvel characters. I think he's a fascinating character. I love that we saw him. And yes, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I was heartbroken when they killed him. To me, that was like <laughs> the most heartbreaking kill of that movie. And yeah. but at least his appearance on the Illuminati tells us the fact they use Anson Mount like that. I think that is uh, an indicator that Inhumans exist throughout the Marvel multiverse, and hopefully right. they also exist in six one six. They're making Kamala Khan a mutant. I think ultimately as a kind of big picture retcon and restoration and a simplification because I think. Had Ike Perlmutter not issued that big order to not make any new X-Men comics, who knows? G. Willow Wilson might have just established that Kamala Khan was a mutant. That seemed to be the case throughout Marvel history. They're like, we want to introduce a new character, just make him a mutant. Right. Uh, but in this case, they were kind of forced into this awkward place that ended up leading to this beautiful comic storyline of Kamala Khan being an inhuman. But I think it uh, made for like a messier universe for some people. Uh, at Marvel. Now, I think that messier universe was to their benefit, ultimately. And I think this show would have been better off had they just called her an inhuman and introduced Terrigen Mist. I think that would have been that would have been simpler, I think. But yeah. I don't mind making her a mutant because I think that ultimately opens more doors. I don't think that my favorite parts of Kamala Khan are the fact that she's an inhuman. Um, and I think hopefully this doesn't cancel out any future Inhumans. I, I was a little worried throughout the series that the show was terrigenophobic, uh, but I'm hearing rumors that Daisy Ridley as Quake could return in an upcoming MCU title. I want to see Black Bolt show up again, and hopefully we can have Inhumans and mutants coexisting 
Uh, yes. No one is getting erased. And understand that for every fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, every fan of Inhumans who are out there pissed off right now, understand that there were a lot of, uh, of X-Men fans who were reading comics uh, from like 2010 through 2022 who felt like they were erased. Uh, mm, it felt like they were true. being forgotten. Uh, and I know it's hard for you to see that because, well, the X-Men, what are you talking about? The X-Men got all these movies, had some of the most famous comic runs. Uh, why can't you share the spotlight? I think that nothing happening right now is saying that we can't share the spotlight. Um, uh, so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can get more Inhumans because it is an interesting side of the world. You know, you're, you're yeah, doing so I, much. I love the Inhumans a lot. I'm a huge Inhumans fan. Like, give me Maximus the Mag. Give me Lockjaw. Like, I'm all about that. Give me Reader. Reader is my favorite Inhuman. Like, he's such a cool dude. So, like, I, I yeah. think that, you know, like, there is, like, a, a bit of terogenophobia here in the series. But, like, we did see that moment where um, uh, the clandestines turned into that rock formation. Like, that looked very much like terogenesis. And I feel like this is Marvel Studios' way of sort of, they're hiding the inhuman side, I feel. It's like, all right, we're going to show you the inhuman science, and then we're going to reveal it later on. But, like, here's a different perspective and, like, sort of, like, how, uh, like, the terogenesis stuff manifests in real life and in nature rather than being a synthetic product created by the Kree. And so like, you know, while, while they set it up and like they get people excited for Kamala being a mutant because like they don't really have faith in the inhuman brand. Like it's, it's people yeah. are really excited about inhumans in general, um, like inhuman struggle and sales in general. So like, they're just like, Hey, if we just make her a mutant and like get people excited about that and then like push the inhuman stuff later, um, like it, it sort of gets people more excited about Kamala Khan versus like with as a mutant versus then an inhuman because like people just don't aren't really as into inhumans than uh, the mutants. Yeah, I think that's the unfortunate reality about the inhumans throughout the comics is like, I think there's a lot of people right now who are acting like the inhumans were like one of the biggest things <laughs> in Marvel comics ever. Like my friends, if they were huge deals in the 60s, they would not have they would have been as big as the X-Men were in the right. 80s. Like they, exactly. they were kind of backburnered for a reason. Now they did get some great stories later on. Mm. We, we have to acknowledge that, but like, it's like a lot of people are acting like they were there in the sixties reading <laughs> these comics, like, like folks like, no, they were not that big of a deal. And when I said yeah. that they weren't a thing, I'm like using the term. It was a thing the way fetch was a thing. Yeah. Like, yes, people said in humans, <laughs> decades ago uh but like it wasn't they didn't have the spotlight they weren't really right. getting great storylines until the modern era um right. but i think ultimately i'm saying this as someone who like would have preferred kamala khan just being identified as an inhuman on this show and i think that uh at the very least like if you want to call her a mutant great but at least like say that mention terogenesis at one point right. mention terogen mist mentioned mist at one point just to like give us a nod to that right. to that side of the world um, but I agree. I think they're afraid calling her an inhuman and maybe MT, maybe we're all in the bubble right now. And there's someone at Marvel studios is like, you cannot call this girl an inhuman. There's going to be a lot right. of people who just watch mm. the show who don't understand the comics lore. And they're going to be like, wait, she's an inhuman. What are you saying about her? And right. then, you know, they're, so they're true. kind of prematurely worried about that reaction. Who knows? I don't know. Like, but that might just be the case. And it's, they did use Illuminati in, in Multiverse of Madness, so uh, that clearly didn't scare them. <laughs> for, for using Illuminati 
as a thing. I just think ultimately it is a little confusing, and I think you don't want your audience to be confused. I would have right. preferred uh, Mutant coming in sooner, but I'm not. I'm obviously happy that Mutant is now being spoken out loud now, yeah. uh, because it means we get uh, we get a, a Storm miniseries faster. I want an Aurora Monroe miniseries yes, like, years ago. It, please. I'm kind of furious that we don't have one. Every time a new Marvel title gets announced, I'm like, why is this announcement not for an Aurora 12 right. episode miniseries? But not a miniseries, like eight episodes or eight seasons in a movie. Like <laughs> it drives me nuts that we don't already have this. Uh, but it's, and I'm a little thrown that they chose Ms. Marvel mm. as a place to introduce mutants. I think just I think they they're setting themselves up for a lot of confusion. Like they could have just established Wanda Maximoff in WandaVision as a mutant. They could have introduced mm. a mutant in Loki. Uh, there's like all kinds of places. Like I think in some ways. Uh, uh, People are going to yell at me for this, but like you'd have less of a reaction if you just said like America Chavez is a mutant, right? Mm. Like, or like you could have had Billy and Tommy coming out of Multiverse of Madness, one of them just established to be a mutant. You could have had a a character uh, in a Hawkeye in What If in any of these other Disney Plus titles. You could have had a character in Moon Knight, just call them a mutant at some right. point. You could have hinted at the existence of Apocalypse. Any of the times we visited ancient Egypt in the in Phase Four. And then right. that would have uh, had the same kind of effect, I think, that mutants right. exist. Uh, but I, I think ultimately it's fine. Like I'm, I'm yeah. more excited than I am confused. Uh, and I, uh, but that's just me. Uh, I guess yeah. I want to talk about like who do you think the MCU is going to identify as a mutant? Do you think they're going to pull this card again, um, or uh, do you think after Professor X's cameo in Multiverse of Madness, do you think we're going to get uh, the next mutant sighting is going to be like a famous? new x-men you know who gets introduced in the mcu um i i think that the term mutant is going to be thrown around as more and more people get powers in the mcu i think that that's going to be like the 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 the, the grand term for everything it's like all right you're not human you're a mutant you're doing weird shit you're a mutant so like whenever regardless of like whether or not they're inhuman or if they're the fantastic four i just feel like people like to just put general labels on things like that's just how the world works so it's like all right if you're, you're either human or you're mutant you're either human or like you're inhuman like it's just i think mm -hmm. mutant is going to be like the catch-all word for everyone in the mcu and um mm -hmm. and then like that's what's going to create like the, the the rift between humans and mutants it's like all right you're you're not us so you're other and so um mm -hmm. i think that you know going forward like a lot of people might just be labeled as a mutant, like people that aren't typically mutants in the comics. Like the, like I said, the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards. I feel like um, when mm -hmm. they first pop on the pop up on the scene, people are gonna be like, "You're a mutant. You're weird. Like your your genes are mutated." It's like, uh, well, I guess, but like, we're we're not like X Men mutants. We're just regular people. But I guess we're just, you know, I don't know. We're just take mm -hmm. the term. So I just feel like you know, when with Kevin Feige when he introduced this next phase, he specifically said mutants. He didn't say X Men. He said mutants. And I feel like right. that was specific and, and purposeful because of uh, what's going on in this new phase where like we're seeing more people being activated um, and turning into like these energetic type of, of heroes. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with all that and um, how they handle it. But, uh, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm just more excited than anything, really. I don't I don't understand why people are complaining. It's fine. Just get over it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, I thing. understand why people are complaining. I I understand <laughs> they're they're griping for sure. I, as soon as I heard Bruno say uh, mutation, I'm like, people are not gonna like this. We speculated <laughs> that they could make her a mutant in past episodes of Inside Marvel, and both you and I were like, I don't think Marvel would do that, and that's mm. what they have done. So I mean, shows what we know, right? But I think that's like, uh, I think it just gives a sense of what their priorities are, and right. like 
and and which era of the comics they are sacred to um right. like i uh yeah uh but we'll see i mean we're gonna learn more about what their plans are at comic-con i want to run through a quick uh, a bunch of quick questions coming out of this episode first yeah. off mt statue of liberty it's green again Ooh. what the hell how does that connect to spider-man no way home when it was that brought? is so interesting i wonder what happened um yeah i wonder so what happened these two different shows clearly <laughs> didn't really care what the other one was working on i have no explanation for this i'm assuming that it takes place in the same reality assuming that even after the multiversal wipe and the memory spell at the end it was still bronze so mm. uh, maybe they repainted it green again i don't know who knows <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, Cameron joining Kareem in the Red Daggers. Does this mean Ooh. that Cameron is a new member of the Red Daggers? I think so. I think that they're setting that up for for Cameron to be like a, a member of the Red Daggers and to you know sort of like find a new family because he has no family, and so like this, they're they're his new family, and so there's there's probably going to be some type of um like what do you call it tension between the two because like you said mm-hmm. the Red Daggers were fighting the clandestines for decades, which is like a huge revelation because mm-hmm. like. How many other clandestines are there, really? Like, it kind of makes me feel like there's yeah. more. And there's other half, like, half clandestine, half human human people out there. And so it just makes me wonder, like, if, like, if Namor is going to be one, if, like, you know, coming, like, moving mm. forward, like, the reason why people are, have these abilities to do all these amazing things is because, like, they're just mating with clandestines. So, yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm really interested to see if he's going to be a full-on Red Dagger, but it seems like that way. That's that's the case. Yeah, I mean, to answer our question before, I think Namor is going to be the next character introduced as a mutant because Namor is yeah, classically the first a mutant, mutant in the Marvel comics, uh, and he is literally considered the first mutant of, mm-hmm. of the Marvel world. And I think, like, uh, assuming that he does show up in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever later this year, I think right. they're going to call him a mutant as well mm-hmm. um, because he is. In that case, I don't think anyone's going to bat an eye because he totally is. Right. Um, okay. Another question that I had uh, did, is: Cameron cured? Does he have like a, a nice balance over his Nor power? And if so, what caused that cure? Was it just like a nice heart to heart with Kamala? I think it. I mean, like you know, uh, it sounds cliche, but like I think it was the nice heart to heart with Kamala because I think that his powers are very much tied to his emotions. Because like we see that um, when he gets this power, um, Najma glows um, like sort of like green and, and yellowish, and I think that yellow, like uh, gold rather, I think that gold is like the the emotion singularity i think that when he um got that like talk like heart to heart with kamala he he calmed down and so his his energy went away um so it's and like we see like when when they first meet up with uh kamran in the alley and uh bruno and kamala embrace i feel like uh kamran got a little jealous and so he started freaking out in the alley it's like yo my emotions are getting out of out of whack so it's sort of i think it's a very similar situation to uh, America Chavez, where like her powers were activated by fear and emotions, and it's like I feel like we're going to learn more and more about this, you know, this golden type of energy and, and its connection to emotions. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, but that's just why we were. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> All right. Final thoughts, MT, about the series. How do you feel now that we're done with uh, Ms. Marvel? I'm gonna miss Kamala's dad a lot, and Kamala's mom, and her whole family. Like I love that whole dynamic. I thought the show was like such a nice comfort show. And like it, it gave me like the it scratched the the no way home itch that whole homecoming trilogy like the, the that whole vibe like I I missed that so like it, that scratched that itch for me and like I just thought it was it's really fun to like um, explore and learn about like you know, partition and like Pakistani culture and like 
I, I, I want more shows like this where like we're, we're learning, we learn as we like have fun. Like Moon Knight, I, I learned a lot about DID and like, you know, it's just like, it's, I, and, and about Egyptian culture. And like, I just want more of this. Like show the world of the MCU, like for real. Like, I love it. What do you think? How do, how do you feel? I think the show stuck the landing emotionally and cathartically. Like I love this series overall. Like mm. I, I, the world of uh, of Kamala Khan, her as a character, her her family, her community, the the production design, the use of color on this show. It was such a like every frame just seems super vibrant and just fun to live in every week. Right. I look forward to these episodes every week. And, uh, right. It was just like great vibes, like the use of music. Like it was such so a great good. jam of a show. Like yo, that last episode had some bops, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and it was absolutely wholesome. Now, I will mm. say there was a bit of a logical disconnect for me in many mm. parts of the show, and I think that's fine. That's to be expected. Like a, a lot of these shows, like, you know, episode by episode, I am kind of like probably uh, obsessing about the logic and reading into things a bit too much and like saying, well, how does this character know how to do that? Well, how does they know how to do that? Yeah, I think that's our job, Really, bro. the yeah, the <laughs> feeling you want is the feeling as you're watching it, if you're suspended in enjoyment as you're watching it, that's all we can really expect from these shows. Um, I think that uh, the the biggest shortcoming of this series is just how um, how ambitious it tries to get with the with the MCU world building logic mm -hmm. while uh, trying to. If they're gonna make a Ms. Marvel show and then uh, change the fact that she's an Inhuman, I think you have to make sure you're taking care of the logic so that no one has any questions by the end of it. And had they just established that it came from uh, Nor magic from another dimension that was tied in with the, the partition history, great, fine. Then in that case, we don't need the bangle and we don't need the fact that she's a mutant. I think those, when you add those things on top of it, that's when we start to get confusing, uh, start to get confused. Um, like if you want to say she's not an inhuman, I don't think anyone's going to object that much. Some people mm. might, but I think you just need to clarify that it's just this then, not mm. this plus this plus this. Right. And uh, I think that's where we got a little lost. I think as a big time travel nerd uh, in episode five, the fact they did the predestined loop, I would have loved just a bit more time spent on this show being more of a story about destiny. Right. Uh, I think the only way you can pull off those feelings super cathartic and satisfying is the whole story has to be one about destiny. Uh, and I don't know if Ms. Marvel is a story about destiny. I think that's maybe like number eight or number nine of what the themes of the show are. I think the show is much more a story about identity and the relationship between the self to the community and right. uh, and the importance of family values. And you have to choose between your family values and your own personal interests. Uh, and Kamala Khan, by the end, uh, was able to fuse the two, was mm -hmm. able to find a path that her family... Uh, and, and you know what's great about the show is the answers were there for Kamala right at the beginning. Her, her parents are huge Avengers nerds. The fact that Muniba spent all this time making two Hulk costumes and her dad put paint on his face in the so opening episode. Good. And our heart that broke for Kamala in that moment because I think we all knew instinctively, Kamala, the answers are right there. Right. Your, your family is the answer. Just find a way to geek out with your family. And that's why I think it was so beautiful that the family already knew at the end. Um, so for me, as someone who uh, who had honestly buried a lot of my high school experience and had forgotten a lot of what it meant to be a kid, this show was just kind of a fun uh, reminder of how, <laughs> well, first, how anxious uh, being a kid can feel, but yeah. how fun it can be just to like goof around with your friends backstage in a theater in your high school uh, or to like. Uh, figure out what college you're going to or how awkward it is to talk to a guidance counselor and to try to plan out your whole future. Um, 
Yeah, I think ultimately this series was a lot of fun and, and totally really great. And I agree with you, MT. This I want to see more of this kind of thing in the MCU. I I, right. I appreciate the big swings that happened on this show. Uh, I just think the the Marvel Studios machinations of what exactly Kamala Khan is just got a little too overstuffed with explanation mm. and would have benefited from just a, a simplified one an, one answer to that question as opposed to three. Right. Like. For sure. I agree. But we thank everyone who worked on the show for, yes, for taking us you. to this part of the world. This was a blast covering this show. Uh, it, it, like Moon Knight, I really love uh, one of these shows that educates me on whether it is things like uh, uh, Pakistani culture, whether it's things like Pakistani American culture in Jersey mm. City, uh, whether it's things like how alternate dimensions work <laughs> as opposed to alternate realms or universes, or mm. things like Loki uh, telling us about like history of things like Pompeii and, uh, and D.B. Cooper, uh, or things like uh, Moon Knight telling us about Egyptian mythology and, and D.I.D., uh, right. that's what I love these shows to do, is, is to help us walk away from the show and I think my biggest, uh, the thing I'm most grateful for is just this amazing um, uh, Sufi mystic of uh, Rumi telling us what you seek is seeking you. Something that right. blew my mind last week when I finally was able to just realize what it means. And I think it's, to me, it's up there with what is uh, grief, if not love, persevering. Mm. Um, but the fact that they quoted uh, a poet from hundreds of years ago and were able to make that matter now, I think is uh, brilliant. It's truly brilliant. So I loved it. <laughs> and MT, I loved diving into this episode with you every week. Uh, this Same was a here, highlight man. of every Wednesday morning, just being able to connect with you and uh, and theorize, take some big thematic, some big theory swings with you, uh, and just roll with it when our theories were disproven or when we were confused. Mm. Uh, I loved being able to unpack this with you every week. Same here, uh, man. Like, I love doing Inside Marvel with you. Every time we get a new show, every time we get a new thing, I just love talking about it with you, man. You're smart. Smart dude. You are a smart man as well. Every time you, you say some theory that's just like, you know what? I didn't think about that at all, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I'm just um, a weirdo. But, all right. You know, well, but, we will. Yeah. Sorry. But before yeah. we go, I uh, just want to applaud Aman Balani. This is her, like her first role, right? Yeah. Her first role in, like, in a major thing. So like this so. is amazing. So like great job, Iman Badali. Iman, you crushed Iman it, Badali. and uh, we. I cannot wait. I believe I'm gonna be doing an interview with Iman. We're gonna try to oh work out God. the timing of it. Yo, we're gonna try to. Gonna we're gonna try to schedule it. We're gonna get it on the schedule because oh I have God. so many questions for her. Yes. And, uh, I, and I love how much of a, a Marvel nerd she really is. We're not gonna do the simple press stuff where we just kind of talked about so what's it like to be on a marvel set no i don't care about that i want to hear her her take on why 616 is not 616 i oh, want to go yeah. dive into the deep end she's so, one, of uh, us. one of us she is she's one of us <laughs> i'm just saying iman if you don't want to act in marvel superhero movies if you just want to be a new rock stars host the invitation is open come on you can now. just be here you can work with us Anyway, uh, well, uh, thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to check out our merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Uh, follow MT at Mastertainment. Lots mm. of great thoughts happening on MT's hey. Twitter feed. It's always a delight. Uh, and you can follow me at EA Voss. Uh, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube. Thank you so much for watching. Bye-bye, yes. everybody. Bye.